Welcome to Friendly Competition, a podcast to discover the best of all time. I'm Nick Keller, and alongside my co-host and best friend, Cody Lena, we discuss various pop culture topics and narrow it down to truly the best of all time. Or as we like to call it, the boat. But before anyone can step foot on the boat, we put them into a Sweet 16-style tournament. We argue each round until we decide a winner. And Nick, what criteria do we use when we decide who steps foot on the boat? Whatever the hell we want, Cody. But also this season, we'll be using the knowledge of our resident expert, Shane. And how do you say your last name? Sorry, I should have definitely no checked worries, into man. that. Schroeder. Schroeder. Okay. I no was worries. like, this felt like an easy, could be Schrader, could be Schroeder situation. The Schrodinger's name, if you will. I get that a lot. There's, well, there's quite a few people who have been like, hey, is it Schrader? And I'm like, there's no A in it, is there? I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's the Breaking Bad thing, man. Like Hank Schrader came out. Well, that's true. Yeah, I forgot afraid. about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. Well, it's good to be here, guys. Yeah. So we have. So Cody, you want to tell them what we're talking about this season? Absolutely. We are talking about <laughs> crime movies, organized crime movies. I don't know, Shane. What? what? <laughs> yeah, Shane. So interestingly enough, Shane is not a member of the mob, or at least he's. Guess we haven't asked you. Are you a member of any organized crime families that you can tell us about? I have loose affiliations with the Yakuza, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm their bookkeeper. That actually adds up really well. (laughs) Maybe some of you don't know who he is, but it makes sense on that. But no, like (laughs) Shane, do you want to, I guess, well, I guess we'll talk about what you do later, but like you're a very great artist. And so how did you, so how did you, so then when we reached out to you in my head, I was like, Oh, maybe we'll talk some kind of art thing. And then like immediate, it's like, no, I like to do mob movies. <laughs> so how does, where does that come from? Where does the love, the passion come from? Uh, well, I've always been obsessed with movies, man. Like uh, as far as a second profession, that would be the one that I would choose as director because I've always, I don't know. I just grew up. I, it was kind of <laughs> in a sad way. It was like that scene out of Cable Guy with Jim Carrey, where it was basically my babysitter for a lot of the time. And I think people <laughs> in our generation kind of feel the same way. So I was kind of raised on movies and that's why my all time favorite will always and forever be Ghostbusters because I've seen that fucking movie 267 times. And I know it word for word, but as far as like the mob mentality and stuff like that, like that genre itself has always fascinated me because it's like, these movies are probably quite a bit exaggerated, but that's a real thing. Like that shit goes on <laughs> on a daily basis and it's fucking creepy. <laughs> if you don't think that, then you're probably part of it. Some of the best movies I've ever seen in my life, like there's there's a reason like gangster slash crime slash mobster movies are, are so fucking popular. It's because they're really good and they just like the storyline, whether it's based on a true story or if it's completely fictitious, it just, it's one of the few things that I have a heavy interest in because I think it's like, it's the culture. Like there's just such a strict code that these people live by. And even though it's a fucked up code, like they adhere <laughs> to it. And I don't know, there's just a lot of interesting things about the, the goings on inside of these organizations. I'm just fascinated this stuff and we're gonna figure out which one's the best of the ones that nick or nick uh shane has picked and this list is pretty dope tune in for the next four episodes we figure out what movies has molded shane yeah (laughs) it's a fucking it's a rogues gallery of movies too i mean (laughs) some of them are very like heavy into mob stuff and some are very like loosely affiliated but i didn't want it to be like the regular run-of-the-mill like hey godfather and goodfellas and that's it and it's like no there's a lot of other shit out there there's some of these are like fucking hilarious some of these are some of the funniest movies i've ever seen so i just wanted to 
like include a healthy mix of all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun list. And for anyone who will run down what we're talking about in group a here for any one of you that, that are thinking like, but where's, where is the good fellas? Where's the Godfather? They're here. I promise we're going to get to them. But here in group a, we have the number one seed LA confidential going up against the 16 seed things to do in Denver when you're dead. And then we have the eight seed, the town going up against the nine seed drive. Cody, do you have a preference on where you want to start? Let's start with the town versus drive. Avers nine seed. That seems appropriate. Cool. Yeah, All right. That's a tough one. Shane, give us our 15 second spiel on both films. Okay, so the town is basically bank robbers in Boston. And on paper, it doesn't sound that exciting, but it's fucking amazing. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Affleck directed this one. And Affleck is at his best when he directs and stars in movies, as is evidenced with his Batman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because in all honesty, I was super excited when he got that role, because he's the only motherfucker who's ever actually looked the part. And when he delivered, I was like, oh, this is fucking horrible. I I appreciate that take because I've always agreed that the second anyone like shit on Ben Affleck being Batman, I was like, no, he's fucking, (laughs) he's exactly who you want as like, especially like an old man, Batman, like that older Batman. But like, like you're going to tell me you thought George Clooney was like, (laughs) put the movie aside. Not even let's not talk about the script. We're not going to talk about any, but I'm like, you think George Clooney really was that close to like, a Batman guy, like <laughs> as a dude, he's a good Bruce Wayne. I think that's the thing. There's like people who make good Bruce Waynes, yeah. And then yeah. you're like, well, you're just gonna put him under a mask, and then that makes him Batman. You're like, no, nah, man, no, nah, yeah, exactly. You I'm looking at the poster shit. for the town, and it they're, they're like dressed as nuns when they're robbing this bank, right? Yeah. But I want to see the scene in a movie where it's like the 80s montage. You got the upbeat bubblegum pop playing and people keep walking in and out of the closet in different like get ups. Like they got the president yeah. masks on. They got the nuns and they're always shaking their head. No. And then when they come out as nuns, the guy gives like the thumbs up. He's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking of uh, president masks, I was so close to putting point break on this fucking list. Oh, At the shit. last minute I decided against it. But yeah, the town is a great fucking movie. And you know, it's, it's one of those movies where, like we were talking about before, it's you look at the fucking the poster for the movie and you know exactly what you're getting in for. But it's one of my favorites just because of the vibe. Like, it's so fucking dark and gritty looking. I don't know. It's just, it's an awesome film. And I, um, we'll certainly get into, the, into Drive here in just a second. But one of the things I always liked about The Town was, and this kind of comes up in a few of the other movies too, but it's like, it's always that reminder of you're like, man, bank robbing would be dope. That's got to be a fun gig. And these people are miserable. Oh, like yeah, they are sure. not super happy about the life they've chosen, but like, it's just, they're, it's like what they're good at. So they're like, and it's always about that, like next score it's you're and it's just a good reminder of like, oh yeah, maybe, uh, maybe the dare officer was right. And that crime doesn't pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You mean Scruff McGruff wasn't lying to me all these years? Yeah, I think it's the truth. These guys, it's not like when they get to them, it's not like these dudes are living lavish lives and they're just like going for an even bigger score to like buy Ferraris. It's like, nah, man, it's, uh, we got real problems to take care of. I'm trying to think of if, was it a medical or I thought there was a reason why they like for sure needed to rob Fenway. Although, I will say to me, I just, I'm not from Boston. I've uh, been to loose, like not for a long time. I just find it hard to be, if you're a true Bostonian, you're going to rob Fenway park. That's the, yeah, exactly. It seems a little uh, turncoat. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's fucking uh, okay. So Ben Affleck had to throw a temper tantrum wearing a Yankees hat in a movie, but as soon as he has a chance to raid Fenway and rob it, he's that's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'll direct that. that I will direct yeah. that. To be to uh, be fair, that really just sounds like he he just wanted a chance to hang out in Fenway Park for a very long time. That's probably yeah. like right. just get it's, the shooting rights to to film in Fenway as a Boston person must be somewhere up there in the dream. Like right. I'm sure Matt Damon, Matt Damon's not in the town, but Matt Damon was on set that day, just I hanging out in they, Fenway. I with think him. they're contractually obligated to hang out together. That's yeah. But it doesn't hurt anything that uh, John Hamm is the one who goes after Affleck and his crew. Like he's just as big of an asshole in this yeah. movie as he's been in anything else. But he's like great. He plays such a fucking smart ass and like. He's so handsome. Knows his shit. Like, it's so really handsome. impressive. Like, the acting, like I said before, on paper, this movie doesn't sound like much, but the way the actors are fucking awesome in this. Well, and I think a lot of people, and I could be wrong, I've said a bunch of things that are never, that aren't correct, but like, this is definitely one of those movies that kind of brought Jeremy Renner out and made us be like, wait, Jeremy Renner's a good actor? Oh, yeah, for like, sure. This is before Hawkeye. Like, for anyone that like thinks of like Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, Without a movie like The Town to really kind of put him on the map, he was never going to be Hawkeye. Like that's and he's he's creepy in this movie too. Yes. Like he's one of those fucking loose cannons that like we've all had a friend like that, and you they got to be like a small dose friend, otherwise you'll end up in prison. Yeah. But he he that's just my takes brother, the cake. Like, by the way, he's, <laughs> he's a live wire. All right, that's going in. The, all right, we got the town. It's going against Drive, starring a scorpion jacket and Ryan Gosling. God, that jacket! The dumbest so fucking jacket you've ever seen. That jacket. Fuck you! How? Whoa! I would. A, I do know that jacket's like worth thousands of dollars. Like just before Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling wore it, that's like a high end fashion jacket. But like, is it really who who made it? Like, what is I it? I think it's. I thought it was like a because I remember it was like, man, that jacket's really cool, and like people saying like, no, it's very expensive. That's like. It's like when Gucci or like stuff gets into like weird, like cool fashion stuff. They, and then you find out how expensive it is. And you're like, no, I won't be owning yeah. that. It's a Supreme um, jacket. Yeah. <laughs> so that jacket is fucking. Collection. This is, it is one of those things where like, this is why you, this is why you have to hate Ryan Gosling. Cause he's so attractive that they could hang any piece of clothing on him. And you're, and then you're like, well, I mean, I know it's not going to look as good on me. But I bet if I I bet if I found a scorpion jacket or something similar that looked like that, it'd probably look fine on me. I do the yeah, same. I always like see shit like that. It's like, oh, that's a dope shirt. Oh, look at that. And then I get it and I put it on. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm kind of fat, huh? <laughs> 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 but oh, I understand yeah, why they use, like, I get it for this movie. Like, I don't I don't disagree with that jacket for the movie. But if you saw somebody wearing that in real life, you'd want to slap the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, but, that's a great, and that's the problem is that once you put it on in the mirror, you're like, I fucking want to slap the shit out of myself. Yeah, why is exactly. it cool when he does it? But also it kind of ties into the fact that towards the end of this movie, he, uh, tells that story about the scorpion and the frog to the mob boss, which is interesting because oh, up until shit. then I was like, yeah. how the fuck is there a scorpion on your back? And he's letting you know, oh, I, I totally forgot about that. Okay, so wait, real quick, give us the rundown on on Drive. The Drive is basically, I love Ryan Gosling in this movie because most times I dislike Ryan Gosling, but <laughs> it's a very quiet movie. There's very little dialogue, which is awesome in any movie. If you can make, if you can carry a movie with like, 15 to 20 percent of the dialogue that most movies have like i applaud that and that's part of the reason that i like this so much but he's basically a driver for hire for any kind of criminal that needs him for a day or an hour or whatever you want to say he 
somehow gets the word out there that this is his gig and people call him on a burner phone and they're like, be here at this time. Here's your payment, this, this, and this. And he shows up and he carries like a stopwatch with him. And once you're off the clock, you're off the clock. He's very strict about it. So <laughs> if it's even like to the one minute point before, like he's supposed to be done with the job, he'll just pull over and leave the fucking car and let you fend for yourself, <laughs> which is That's interesting. Fucking badass. Again, this is another one of those movies that on paper, it doesn't really sound like much, but it's so like well-made and well-acted that it's just, I, I've seen it like 50 fucking times. I would love to see the script for Drive. Cause like you said, <laughs> yeah, it is incredibly quiet. And I can only imagine that it's just a lot of like, and you sit in the car and wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want me to like say anything or like, should I like be like listening to music, bobbing? No, you're just going to grip the wheel. You're going to look ahead. Right. We're going to hold that shot for two minutes. And he's like, right, okay. Exactly. All right. Oh, and it now, doesn't hurt does... anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, where does Drive fall into the shared universe of the notebook? <laughs> I is don't it know, the man. Same? Uh... Do we think there's a way to get that? Is that the same Ryan Gosling? Is so, this question I'm going to ask? It, what's weird about the notebook is that it was directed by Nick Cassavetes. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he played the bald guy in uh, Face Off, the guy who. <laughs> guy who had the drug den so, <laughs> so it's when you find these things out you're like what the fuck what, what happened here i mean it's it's arguably one of every female i've ever encountered's favorite movies but it's directed by nick cassavetes so, <laughs> so what we really need to be talking about is the Isn't... shared face-off notebook universe <laughs> like yeah, exactly. there's no need to tie and drive to the notebook when we could sit here and have a more direct connection exactly to face off and the notebook yeah i I do think, I mean, as far as drive goes, this is this dude's job. He's a mechanic, stunt double, stunt right. driver, and criminal for hire. There's yeah. no fucking cooler life. That business card is wild. Yeah, you don't need to talk because <laughs> the fucking business card says it all for you. I always wondered that too, like baby driver is in the, the similar, they're just drivers, right? But like how, how do you get that reputation and how do you find out that's your skill? Like, I get it. Okay, this guy's a stunt double, stunt driver. So he got to dabble in that. But how do you know you can drive through this? Like, where do you practice this? Go karts, man. Best at this. It's go karts. It's a bunch of like, it's a bunch of kids. Like, it's the same way that you find out that you're good at basketball at a young age. You ended up at your local arcade that had a cool go kart thing, and then you just realized that man, not only am I like, am I good at like flipping through my friends, I'm able to like hit this shit in reverse. I can <laughs> crash into people, spin them out, and keep my day job going. Fuck, I got talent, man. Yeah, exactly. I think that's hey, what I think was that's, the I see the I see the budget and the box office poll on the right hand side, but what was the oh shit, okay. It's interesting to see what these were made for because the, the drive actually makes sense that it was only made for like fifteen million dollars because it's very like they, they paid by the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean even like both of these movies respectively were made for not a lot of money and they both pulled in a lot of money, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Oh yeah, the town more so than Drive, but but yeah, it's I like Drive too because uh, one of the mob bosses is Albert Brooks, which nobody would ever fucking suspect. <laughs> I don't know if you know who Albert Brooks is, but uh, I mean, and I then yeah. Also, uh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman owns the he's one of the the Jewish mobsters who runs the uh, Nino's Pizzeria that they all basically converge at and make plans for everything that all the goings on behind the scenes. All Ron right. Perlman makes a great mob boss like that yeah, is someone yeah. that you you He's thoroughly awesome. believe the whole way up you're like 
oh, you killed someone to get to this job. Like you, yeah. Rob yeah, he's got that has, gravelly voice that just yeah. fucking like intimidate. You know, even if you didn't see his face, like you'd be intimidated by it. Yeah, we gotta lock one of these bad boys in. I'm gonna lock in the town. I think I'm going with the town. I like the <clears throat> the bank heist style film more usually. I do. Nice. I do agree. I do like the bank heistiness, but I gotta say, there is just something that is real like there's just something special about drive i think like shane you kind of said like there's something about it that's easy to just like get weirdly like mesmerized in it and just yeah. like you said it's so different from a standpoint of like what you're used to watching like it, it almost has to like train you on how to watch it in the sense that like hey you got to get used to like long camera shots and quiet and that for me like the first time i saw it was like movie's fucking weird i don't know if this is any good and then you're like oh once you realize everything's intentional you're like oh right. this is actually really really solid right and his like right hand man uh the guy who sets up all the stunt driving for him is uh cranston brian cranston straight oh, nice. out of breaking bad and so he I'm from plays malcolm in the this... middle fame what's that yeah. <laughs> malcolm in the as we all know him from we don't yeah but that's no. also like the part that i think got me okay so this movie is very quiet it's kind of slow moving and then the moment that I fell in love with this movie was the elevator scene. Do you remember that? Where the guy's coming to find him oh. and uh, the girl, his love interest is in, the, is in the elevator and he fucking turns around, like slams the guy's head up against the wall in the elevator, pushes the girl aside and then stomps his fucking head into jelly and they show it. And I'm like, holy shit, that took a turn. And, I'm, and then like they, they pan over to Gosling, like shaking and sweating and just doing something that all of us would do had we just crushed a head. And like, it's just such a real fucking weird moment. And then she is like disgusted by him. And you don't expect that because you expect her to be like, oh, he just killed for me. And it's like, yeah, it's no, he's a to, fucking psycho. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to play like in mo in a, it in a lesser It sounds like you guys movie, are locking in drive. Are you? Yeah, Shane, where are you? Yeah, which way are you going to? You got to you split the tie. Oh, it's tough, man. I got to go with drive. All right. All right. We'll move drive on into the next round where it will go up against either LA Confidential or things to do in Denver when you're dead. Man, if you didn't realize that movie was made in the 90s, the title should give it away because we do not title shit like that anymore. Nope. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> All right. Let's start one ten, to two words. You want to break down the 10-second synopsis of these two films, Shane, our resident expert. All right, so we're doing L.A. Confidential and Things, things to Do in Denver When You're dead. dead. So L.A. Confidential is one of my all-time favorite movies because it's like an old-school noir movie. It's very kitschy and very, like... If you watch it with the wrong type of eyes, you're like, this is cheesy as fuck. Like just the way that they're talking and the way that they're like dressing and stuff like that. But I think that's part of its charm. Like it's actually a really good story too. And it it's, takes place, I think around the time. Yeah, because in the very beginning, they talk about Mickey Cohen and how he just went to jail for like tax evasion or something like that. And so basically people have to step in and take over for him. And one of those people turns out to be like a high ranking uh, police officer, but nobody knows it until like the end of the movie, but it's got some amazing uh, actors. It's got, uh, yeah. Russell Crowe. 90, He's God, like, another person that I didn't realize was, was like do, doing stuff until gladiator. Like you like, 
Yeah. Culturally, I'm like, no, Russell Crowe exists as like he comes into the scene as gladiator and then is famous. And then it's like, no, he was there. He was there. He's you were around. seven years old, though. So it makes yeah. sense. Thankfully, I wasn't watching L.A. Confidential <laughs> at seven or may- I don't know. Maybe like you said, I definitely agree with you as far as the the being raised on on movies. My movies just happen to be uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, and, I was too, man. I was, a, I was a huge Adam Sandler fan as a kid. I was obsessed with the, with his fucking movies. But yeah, so I didn't really make a foray into mobster movies until I was at least 12 or 13 but yeah we already did the Adam Sandler bracket originally Shane did pitch us Adam Sandler but we had to unfortunately we already did that <laughs> yeah. But yeah I mean uh so Russell Crowe plays like a hard-nosed detective and he's just like beating the shit out of everyone he comes in contact with including his own like police force <laughs> Kevin Spacey is in there which I know Kevin Spacey's been canceled but I don't really give a shit because uh he's great in this movie and he's great in like what the fuck was it there was another one that he was in that almost I almost put in the bracket too what's the one uh where he's Kaiser Soze. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. Yeah, because I was like, I, I like can that only, I can only keep thinking yeah. of Seven because he's the he's the killer oh, yeah, in yeah, Seven yeah. as well. Man, all spoilers for Kevin Spacey movies. <laughs> it, yeah, all the all, all the big twists for any for any. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, Kevin Spacey's great in this movie, and uh, you know, like I I realize that he's gone through some shit in the past few years, but still <laughs> a great bet. movie. And uh, he's great in it. And then, uh, you know, Kim Basinger plays like a high class call girl who gets, I think the whole crew of her call girls gets plastic surgery to look like movie stars. There's just a bunch of creepy shit that goes on and all these tales kind of weave themselves together. And Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. That is a brilliant, as far as if you were a mistress and you were like, all right, how are we, go- how am I going to really change the game here, revolutionize the prostitution industry? Having... <laughs> the having your 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 ladies of the night look like and get surgery to look like movie stars is low-key brilliant yeah why wouldn't you if you're like hey i'm looking for like a halle berry they're like they're like what part of her career do you want i got two halle berries like you tell me you tell me what you're into man i we got you like the fact that you could call in and say instead of just being like uh blonde tall nice legs you could literally just say a movie star and they're like yeah we got you fam or like we got Halle Perry we got Emma yeah. Watson we got young and old Sandra Bullock we got Oprah what you need fam <laughs> yeah. we got your hookup got you do you want to fuck Oprah yes hey, so don't forget about this though uh this movie takes place in the I believe the early 40s or 50s and so getting rhinoplasty around that time is really a roll of the dice oh damn <laughs> Yeah, this isn't like 1990s, like early 2000s plastic surgery. This is like, these women were risking it all. Dipping in and out of plastic surgery on the dress. Like, it's way different nowadays. Yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) All right. And then, do you want to tell the people about things to do in Denver when you're dead? This movie, I think, is really underappreciated. There's parts of it that are horrible, and there's parts that are fucking amazing. Um, It focuses around Andy Garcia, who lives in Denver. He's like a retired gangster, and he used to work for a crew that was led by Christopher Walken, which is fucking amazing. And he's confined to a wheelchair. It's one of those wheelchairs that uh, you basically blow in the tube to drive it around. So there's all these quirky little things that take place, and you're like, well, how's that work? But he's amazing. He's you know, he's Christopher Walken. He, he's hilarious and creepy and dark at the same time. So basically what happens is at the, in the very opening scene of the movie, 
not a lot of movies would be able to get away with something like this today. But Christopher Walken's son is at a schoolyard trying to pick up a little girl and not in like, you know, it's not his niece. He's not taking her home. That's a bold, that is a bold uh, directorial and writing decision. Like just set up right out the gate. Yeah, but anyway, he like, he's unsuccessful and he gets the shit beat out of him by the teachers in the schoolyard and the cops come and arrest him and this and that. But it basically, the, the point of the story is that Christopher Walken knows his son is fucked up. But he thinks the reason that he's fucked up is because his ex-wife left him and he's just been meandering around Denver looking for shit to do. And so he hires his old crew, which includes Andy Garcia, to basically stop, to basically not go out and kill, but to stop the ex-girlfriend of his son from dating this new guy. That is basically what, which again, on paper, a lot of these sound boring as shit, but like, it's just the quirkiness and the acting that really carry it. No, I think when we talk about, I think one of the things that I certainly want to talk about when we talk about these movies are the crimes that we are dealing with here. And I really like that, that it, this movie is not inherently, I'm, I'm going to assume because of the genre we're in, a lot of people will die, but like inherently it's just like, Hey, I'm going to pay you a lot of money to go, or actually technically, I think I'm, I can read this now. It looks like I cleared your debt. I need you to just go talk to that woman over there and convince her to not date that dude and get back with her ex-husband. That's right. it. And then we're free and clear. And, yeah. and like, that's I'm, all the movie. Like, that's yeah. all, it, like I said, there's no crime in it until I know there will be. I do, one of the things here that I see is that the the guy that the, the, the character called Jimmy the Saint that they try to, is the guy who's helping bring back these two just lost lovers. His, his original career before being asked was, runs afterlife advice in Denver where dying people <laughs> video- right, I forgot about that. Yeah, where dying people videotape messages for their loved one. Uh-huh. His business yeah, isn't <laughs> and then his business isn't doing well. You're like, oh god no. I think yeah, you, you I heard I read the first sentence that it was advice like that you were filming people as they were dying like what do you want to say to your loved ones and like yeah, exactly. maybe the last thing I want on me is like a camera when I'm about to peace out on this <laughs> earth and like yeah, exactly. I'm going to record that shit now. I'm in my yeah. prime. Let's go. I want like videos of me hanging from the rim of a basketball court, like jumping down and be like, what's up fam? I'm dead yeah. if you're watching this. <laughs> There's so like the crew that uh, Andy Garcia ends up assembling is like former, his former crew who have all kind of gone straight and he's tried to go on, go straight as well. But it's funny because like, uh, like I hope you don't mind, these, Shane. If I if yeah. I can just jump in here and give the names of this crew, yeah, because I just I want to make sure the people know the characters that we're dealing with here. <laughs> His crew contains uh, Easy Wins, Pieces, Big Bear Franchise, and Critical Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Critical just love- Bill. When, when we're introduced to Critical Bill, he's in a morgue and he's got a dead body strung up on a fucking rope and he's boxing it. Like he's working out. With it. <laughs> okay, but can so we talk about? The tone can we talk you about how you reps in when you can? I'm you just confident. Gotta. I'm confident that's Conor McGregor's <laughs> like workout strategy. Like, yeah, why sure. wouldn't you be like, I need to practice on the real fucking thing. How uh-huh. am I gonna get these fists ready unless I'm punching the real fucking thing? And they give him shit for it, and he's just like, he don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I punch dead, dead bodies. What of it? They're yeah. dead. What do you? What do you want me to say? I pay the family. I pay the morgue. It's not weird. Okay. (laughs) 
And then uh, Christopher Lloyd is also in this as a part of his crew, and they call him Pieces because he's a leper and he's losing fingers throughout the movie. Jesus <laughs> Christ. All right, I'm walking in, things to do in Denver. What are you doing? <laughs> I haven't seen either. I really want to see both of these, but I think I'm going to have to go with Denver. Yeah, I think one thing we haven't said yet, and uh, certainly a reason why we need Shane here is, uh, I think, I mean, in this bracket, I guess I had seen The Town and Drive, the other two I had, and there will be a, I think there will be full brackets where I haven't seen any of the movies. So I think, I mean, from the standpoint of like, what would I be, knowing that we would have to do our research on this, I do think I would be a little more excited to potentially dive into uh, things to do in Denver when you're dead. <laughs> so unless I like that, I like to that you just went on the screen and the budget for things to do in Denver says eight million, and at the box office it pulled in five hundred thousand. Not well accepted. <laughs> I do. Well I like that you're pulling in a uh, what I think for many would be a deep cut. Oh, like it's this, definitely a deep cut. This will be a very uh, a very deep cut for people, but nonetheless, I think it, it just like I like I like I said I like that as far as these things go. Usually there is like a there is the first crime that needs to be committed, and then it's all the other crimes that happen afterwards. And I just Ooh. like that all it was was like, hey, are we I making know- a terrible mistake, Shane? No, no, not at all. But I just noticed something. Can you go back to things to do in Denver and go down to the cast because yeah. I just saw Jenny McCarthy's name. Jenny McCarthy as the nurse. Holy shit. I didn't even know that was her. That's fucking crazy. This Damn. is one of those movies that's like star studded without advertising it. Like this is probably before these people made it huge. Yeah. And also oh, like yeah. we were talking earlier, Steve Buscemi plays the hitman. So yeah. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> it's got the Cheadle in it. Too. Yeah. You got, yeah. Early Don Cheadle. Yeah. Doing early it, Don Cheadle. Doing it big too. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm looking at things doing Denver when you're dead. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm definitely, I, like I said, as far as these go, I, I'm definitely on that on that tip. So unless I guess we should give you the ability to at least try to convince us otherwise, if you would no, like man, to. I'm going to lock it in with that one too. I love LA confidential, but things to do in Denver is just so fucking weird that it's just worth diving into. <laughs> All right. So we have in the, in the elite eight matchup, then we have things to do in Denver when you're dead going up against drive. Once again, I think as far as organized crime movies go, I think what's interesting is that these, like you said, are not the standard. I mean, like the town is a bank robbery film, right? Like that seems to be a pretty common crime. Like these are not laced with like the biggest of crimes. It's literally just like, hey, I just need you to drive people around. Like it's one dude who just, his whole thing is just driving people. I don't think he's just a driver per se though. I'm pretty sure he's driving people who are committing crimes. Well, yeah, 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 but he's driving it for the people who commit the crimes. So he's not doing crimes himself. <laughs> he I himself mean, is not stealing money. If yeah. he gets, if if they get if they get pulled over by the cops, he goes down for accessories. Oh, yeah. There's some questions. For you know, sure. yeah. yeah. He's not he's not gonna go down for maybe the murders, but they'll be like, Did you know what? And he's like, I just get called, I get told where to be. Like, yeah, that's right. still illegal. That's... You knew something was going on in there. Maybe he did, dude. Maybe he just knew. I like it. That's plausible deniability if I've ever heard it. That is what the definition of plausible deniability. I don't know. I yeah. I, I mean, I, um, unless Shane, I, I you know, I don't know everything about you. So unless you're a lawyer and step in, but I I do feel like you're gonna go to jail at least yeah. for a little <laughs> oh, for sure a, yeah. a little bit of time because like you got, do you think Ryan Gosling would not do well in jail? Right? He's way too pretty. No. Way I think they pretty. I think I think they would protect him at all costs. He's so <laughs> pretty that you would not want any. A man That's that a good point. He could, he could pay you that protection money for sure once he's out of the can. Oh yeah. yeah. As long as you can convince everybody in there to leave to lay off. Once you get out, you can cut him a check. I just think that there are just people that are just too beautiful to like. You wouldn't want to fuck with that. 
what do what do we gain by make by bruising up Ryan Gosling's face? What do we gain by breaking his nose? Nothing. He's a beautiful man. Like <laughs> the just world leave only, him. We only suffer. Leave I mean, him if you as hate Mickey Mouse Club, then yeah, you'll probably get some temporary satisfaction from it. But other than that, I mean, oh man, wasn't that... he one of the him and Justin Timberlake and all that? They were in the fucking Mickey Mouse Club or whatever. Him, yeah, him, uh, yeah, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. That's right. Yeah, he, Ryan Gosling is actually supposed was supposed to be a member of In Sync, but it it was like one of those situations where he was like, true? yeah, he it was supposed to be they were gonna grab him and Justin and. <laughs> I think it just came down to like more of like a scheduling thing. Like he just like, he just had something else going on the day he was maybe supposed to audition. Like it's one of those like near misses in history yeah. where you're like, wait, so if he goes on to be an in sync member, yeah. D- does that mean we end up with a Joey Fatone drive movie? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what are the dominoes that fall? If Christopher oh, oh, Patrick has drive with the pick. Okay, no, 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 no. Bear. That's the new that's the new criteria, how we're gonna decide this movie. Which one would be better if we took out the lead <laughs> actor and replaced it with Joey Fatone? What if Christopher <laughs> Walken in his wheelchair was replaced with Joey Fatone? Yeah. <laughs> See, I think at least in it sounds if that's what we want to go with, I think at least things to do in Denver when you're dead, I would at least it feels like it has the energy that like almost anyone could be in these roles and play and doing some fun stuff. But here's a, here's a fun way to, here's a fun direction to go with it. What if it was like the nutty professor and Joey Fatone played every single part <laughs> in the movie, <laughs> much like Eddie Murphy did in famed. Excellent. Yes. Nutty yes. Professor. The Joey Fatone test. Absolutely. I think we'd get more mileage out of Joey Fatone and things to do in Denver. We did it. It sounds like more of a group piece. Like there's a lot of people working together in this one. <laughs> Because in Drive, it's just a lot of us looking at Joy Patone as he stares longingly out a window. And yeah, the that's reason, true. And to be fair, once again, the reason it works with Ryan Gosling is because that man is a literal piece of art. So I can just stare for minutes at a time at Ryan doing nothing and being like, this is, this is high cinema. I yeah. don't think I could stare at Joey Fatone oh. for longer than a few minutes before I was, longer than a couple seconds before I'm like, so what surprised. happened? So where's Justin? What's Justin up to? JC, was JC busy? Is that why he's not in this movie? Why? You, how did you end up here? No, no, no. I'm tr- I, look. Google Joy Fatone right now. Click on his Wikipedia and look at that picture. And you ready tell for your me, computer to crash. You tell <laughs> me that is an art. I do know. See, here's the thing one? that's interesting about Joy Fatone. He. <laughs> Oh my God. It doesn't help anything that his last name is literally spelled fat one. Fat one. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it wasn't going well. He is. Ugh. I did not realize this. And this feels like it should have came up more. He can play the drums apparently and percussion instruments. You feel like you should have utilized that more. Joey Fatone was actually in a mob movie though. If you guys have ever seen The Cooler with uh, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> How did that so not make you played the live? singer who came in and replaced uh, Alec Baldwin's dad at the casino that Alec Baldwin. Nice. How did that not make you notice the cooler starring Fatone? I don't know, man. We might have to do a second round of this shit because there's about 25 that I left off of this list that I really wanted to put somewhere. So, so here's where I, here's where I'm at with this is that I, I've a, I've seen drive. So I do know what I'm getting in there. I do know it's a good movie. So I'm not, I'm not against the research that I would have to do to watch drive one more time, but I just feel like, I really now want to see this fucking movie. Things you do in Denver when you're dead. Like, it, that's it, where it, I'm it, at too. I've never seen Drive, but like, I'm I've talked myself into thinking. I think Things to Do in Denver when you're dead might be my favorite movie. I'm I'm worried that this is one of those scenarios, though. Knowing that you and I have never watched it, 
<laughs> that I'm worried that the Wikipedia description is doing a lot of the heavy lifting and that in the watching of the movie, I may not be as as engaged as I have been reading this well, this entry. Whereas Drive, I know, is a very good film that you should watch. It's true. Okay, so this is the tricky part. And here's another thing that I'll add before moving on from things to do in Denver. Like the, the preferred method of killing that Christopher Walken has he calls it buckwheats, and everybody's like, oh, shit, well, be careful. You don't want to get buckwheated. And everybody's like, well, what does that mean? And then they explain it. And uh, buckwheats is where you take a gun and you shove it up a guy's ass and you pull the trigger two or three times and he has to writhe in pain for 20 minutes before he dies. Oh. And that is, and they actually show it once when they throw a guy in a dumpster and he dies that way. So it's all this random bullshit. Don't get me wrong. Like as far as the look and feel of the film, Drive takes the cake. But the material in Things to Do in Denver is so fucking off kilter that you're like, what? <laughs> so oh, I don't know. man. But we're trying to pick the best movie of all time. The best one of these. It's true. All right. And... I'm, I, I, I think I'm going Drive, actually. It's got critical acclaim. It was a box office draw. There's got to be some reason. It's got to be good. And Nick, you went with Drive? I, well, I almost want to put you in the hard spot of having to, of having to, of having to select. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick <laughs> things to do in Denver when you're dead for the sake of, I'm going to have you decide what Cody needs to watch. Which one so, of these do you feel Cody needs in his life more? Okay. Shit. So we're going to go with things to do in Denver when you're dead. Okay. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, I'm not is. upset. I, I'm Do down it. to watch all of these movies. I want to imagine that this will give us more street cred in the organized crime movie critic family. That they'll be well, like, and it's one of those. Yeah, it's a very niche movie. It's it's kind of buried because of all the shit that came out around that time. So as far as like '90s movies, it's definitely got that vibe. It's not so, look like Drive. I'm really interested in. We got to keep our eyes on this box office number or uh, the the standing total of amount of money this movie's made because we got reach in the show. And I think <laughs> I, I know a lot of our listeners do the research with us, at least a few. So I mean, we're gonna that number's gonna go up. Yeah, it's gonna, gonna go blow up. The box office for is gonna go up by at least. How much is it going to cost for me to I, mean, I guarantee you it's not on any streaming service. We're going to crack a mill on that. We're going to get that bad boy up to a mill. <laughs> Another I mean, it's addition. definitely on iTunes because I just bought it the other day for like <laughs> nice. $6. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, nowhere is just hosting it. So we're going to yeah, have to pay for that one. Yep, so, all right. All right. There we go. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Moving on into the final four. Look at, like I said, looking forward to that one. And that is it for us, folks. We have Shane the entire season with us. Uh, so tune in for group B on Tuesday. Uh, or no, Wednesday. It's when I want them now. And Nick, this, uh, we've but, done over a hundred episodes. How do you not know the release calendar? I don't, I really, you, and you would think I'd push it out even further. Cause it's not like I'd ever do two back-to-back -back posts. I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of organization, but we will, uh, if you want to help us out as always, uh, speaking of those posts, wherever you see them, like share always helps us out. Uh, wherever you're listening to this rate, follow, subscribe, all of those things all really help the show. Absolutely. And while you're on the internet, make sure you follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just look up at friendly comp pod. If you have an idea for a whole season you would like to see do like Shane submitted, email us to us at friendlycompetitionpodcast at gmail.com or go to friendlycompetitionpodcast.com and submit there. 
Boom. And as always, shout outs to Charizard for our intro and outro music. If you want to hear more of their stuff, head on over to Bandcamp, type in Charizard, and replace the vowels with sixes. Shout out as uh, also to Shane. Shane, where can the people, uh, like we mentioned up the top, I don't want to bury the lead. You are an awesome artist. And it's really generous to do that for the first 10 people who reach out to you will get a free print valued at over $20,000. So uh, make sure to get, hop in those DMs quick, y'all. Uh, no, but do you want to tell them where they can uh, where they can find you and see your stuff? Yeah, man. I'm on uh, pretty much every social media at Shane Schroeder and then uh, shaneart.com because shart.com was taken. Damn, dude. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. God, that would have been the, that would have been the page, shart. That would have been the page. Yeah. <laughs> Not really professional per se, but fucking hilarious. But hey, I'm going to hey. try to get the rights to that website domain. So it reads out to me as, yeah. A, yeah, as, a, as a birthday gift. I, I, feel like, I feel like what it would do is you'd have you'd have some kids that were like being, you know, little shits. And we're like, let's look up shirt.com and see what yeah. it is. And then they see like your art and they're just like captivated. Yeah, and, and then they see it- a, a painting of Adam Sandler. <laughs> And yeah, like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I, that's the one I Cody's not the only one who owns Shane uh, Schroeder piece of art. I also have the Adam Sandler uh, uncut gems piece. And he's up. wildly disappointed with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's why you can't see it in this in the Zoom. <laughs> it's it's, I could have put it up to show you, but no, it, it's in the garage. It, it felt it, that's where the energy felt best. It's for in it. the garage under my tire. Yeah. <laughs> But that is it for this episode, folks. We will see you on Wednesday with Group B. But until then, I'm Nick Keller. I'm Cody Lena. I'm Shane Schroeder. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. See you on the boat.